Welcome to the Nahrain Network podcast series. Today we're with Dr. O.J. Muslu Gardner, founder of the Antioch State Conservatory at the Hatay Mustafa Kemal University in Turkey. How are you? I'm okay. Thank you very much, my here to host me today. It's, it's a pleasure. It's lovely to talk to you. And you've, uh, you're an assistant professor at the Antioch State Conservatory. Can you yes, tell us about that? Yes, correct. It's a new music school established in 2018. We completed the pre-preparation term in 2016-17 with the leadership of our rector, Professor Dr. Hasan Kaya. Uh, he's the rector of Hatay Mustafa Kemal University. We started to work the build of the construction of the State Conservatory in 2017 in Antioch, which is a very town, uh, central town of Hatay. And we started our education in 2018 with our uh, very, very first students, 26 students. We set up Turkish music program first. Right now, we just completed our first year and we are preparing to take our second year students. It's a very, very new school right now. We are uh, seeking a new recruitments, uh, planning to open up new new music programs, music technologies. And you've just completed an Ahrein Network British Institute at Ankara Scholarship at the School of Oriental and African Studies. Could you tell us about your scholarship? Thank you very much. My scholarship was based on researching a kind of sustainability project in the region, a city called Urfa, southeast of Turkey. Because my previous studies, research is based on the sustainability of to sustain already disappearing cultures in Turkey, uh, which was held in North Asian side of Turkey. This is you're like, documenting tangible cultural intangible heritage. cultural heritage. The first project was about how to sustain traditional dance and music in in a place called Domanic, Kütahya. Uh, it is like a North Asian side of Turkey, completely different. When I was doing my PhD in Istanbul Technical University, uh, it was part of my PhD study. Uh, was based on applied ethnomusicology. As many ethnomusicologists know, applied ethnomusicology requires to work with very with different uh, disciplines. Uh, so that re- obliged me to document all the traditional music, folk music of that region and the dances. Then we try to find some solutions how to sustain their or vanishing cultures. And that involved us to look at the conventions, international conventions, uh, treats, uh, treaties between the countries, between the units, stakeholders in Turkey. We kind of developed a cultural sustainability model for specifically for that region. Then I began to wonder if that model would work if I applied in different regions. So where this UCL and British Institute at Ankara comes into the stage uh, when I applied this scholarship, Nahre Network Scholarship. Thank you very much, by the way. It has been very fruitful uh, for two months. I was hosted at SOAS, University of London, to conduct my researches. Basically, I was trying to find what the variables uh, would be in different regions in Turkey. I mean, the basic fundamental uh, reasons behind the disappearing cultures are very obvious in the world. Uh, it's not specifically one country, actually. Uh, but because of the, uh, the settings or the cultural, historical, demo- geographical differences between uh, regions, the stakeholders are different and they vary a lot. And uh, I was trying to find what would be the best approach to do this work for Urfa. Shanna Urfa, Turkey. How do you safeguard a dying culture or a music or a music heritage? 
What are the steps? I mean, could you tell us about the model that you've developed and working on? Uh, safe, safeguard itself is a, is a, a vocabulary is a bit problematic actually. Mm. It, it caused so many uh, controversial, you know, like uh, so many debates, so many arguments uh, in the world of academia. Yeah, should we safeguard tradition or who are we as academics or researchers to, you know, trying to sustain other people's, you know, culture? So it that depends which uh, which perspective you are looking at it. But if the local people are not interested to sustain their culture, no way you can sustain anybody's culture. So it has to be like an inner uh, motive, motivation. But what I developed, uh, what I saw in that region when I conducted my field work was they really needed to remember their traditions. They they were longing for to remember. They were longing for their old days. What do you mean by days. remember? I mean, is it I forgotten? Mean, they, they were forgotten. Actually, um, there were two instruments, traditional instruments, that they began to display in their cultural, like a little cultural house they made in there. Uh, one day in 2010, I, when I visited Domenic, uh, I was taken to that house and I was shocked when I saw those traditional like a drum, big drum and a reed pipe. Oh, Demonstrated mate. to me like mm. it is already gone, you know, like this mm. is our traditional drum and reed pipe. Uh, because I, I'm living in Istanbul, I was living in Istanbul then and I graduated from Istanbul Technical University. When you live in a big cities and you are not very, really realizing that these instruments or what we are very, very used to, to see every day in our everyday life, it already disappeared in different regions in Anatolia. So it, it's like a shocking effect <laughs> to me that, you know, like they are saying our local musicians who knows how to play them, they passed away and they didn't transit their knowledge to the younger generations. And they, are, they like to keep the materials themselves at least to show to the little children. So that region, Domenic, is a very historical region. The first Ottoman uh, state was established in Domenic area. It is very well known for that one. So uh, the villagers are very proud of that historical background. But even even so, you know, they are very uh, unique properties of their culture rapidly disappearing because of the uh, art migration. You know, the the place, the, the location of the village is very hard to get. It's a bit mountainous area, uh, even though it looks on the Turkey map, Tur when you look at the, you know, the uh, map of Turkey, you see like a bit closer to Istanbul or Bursa, like three hours distant from Istanbul. It is hard to get, it's a very mountainous area. The winters are very, very tough there. The factories used to be there, they just closed down and the schools closed down and, you know, men cannot find any jobs, so they had to move out. And the younger generations, they, they, don't, they are not interested in staying in there because they don't want to do any animal husbandry kind of things. So uh, the population of the region shrank. When it is when that happened, the first thing people are interested in how to live properly, you know, like to gain their life. So the music is always, the culture perspective of life is always being secondary as usual. So uh, the disappearance happened so quickly in there, like in, in 15 years gone. Uh, 15, 20 years ago, they used to do their traditional weddings 
took like three days, four days. You know, such a such a fantastic weddings they were having every day. Mm. Worth to record. You know, full of different uh, traditional skills they are demonstrating. Men, different women, different, and the society, social structure of the region is very segregated. You know, women are uh, entertaining differently and men are entertaining differently. The things are not only based on um, the religious thoughts, but, you know, like it's, it's a custom like that. But uh, they, women, I mean, women of Dominic, they, didn't, they weren't very shy to demonstrate their skills. Some of them are very talented in singing, and it is uh, there is a practice the, based on the verses like spontaneous. So they say they develop like lyrics, you know, like uh, humor, humor inside them. So it's a, uh, like a, when somebody's daughter is getting married, you know, the person who is very well known to do this kind of things are starting reading the verses, and it is so nice. And men have their own dance uh, forms, and women have their own traditional dances, and the musics are lovely. But they were—they are not doing anymore. And weddings are uh, usually—they usually entertain with electronic music, like uh, electronic clavier. And they don't use balama anymore, or or drum and reed pipe completely gone. So that evoked the project, you know, what can we do? Because there were some local traditional uh, musicians there. Like I worked with two of them and they helped me a lot. They still sing in their weddings. And the tradition bearers in the regions are the key factor of uh, safeguarding, if you want to call safeguard, if we can uh, manage to safeguard. It's the documentation, actually. If, if, if they have lost, if they think that they have lost, the cultures are not disappearing like that. But it, they transform in time hmm. because of the, you know, the globalization, because of the technical... How do you capture changes, uh, particularly in musical traditions, the archive of, of music? Do you use an anthropological approach? Uh, what kind of methods do you use? Ethnographic uh, studies, of course, is very important in this kind of uh, documentation, you know, uh, qualitative say, uh, field works you have to conduct. First, you have to talk to villagers, you have to uh, get to know people. And, of course, there's another uh, key factor in, in any kind of field work is who are you as a researcher. You know, if you are outsider, it's different. If you are insider, it's different. If you are half insider and half outsider, it's different. So I kind of developed my relations by living in there over two years. So uh, I was half insider and half outsider. I was uh, more lucky. But still then, uh, it took um, quite a lot of time for me to approach many female many women of Dominique because they are not trusting. You know, like, even though we spent whole week together, you know, like, in the middle of the night, she might share very important information when she's singing, when, why, you know, why she's not using the, that specific word, but she's she, she changed because of some kind of fears. Mm. So we catch that kind of information and, in, you know, like, uh, try to reflect it uh, transparently. Uh, recordings are important, very important. Uh, first, uh, you interview with people, and then you, you know, like dictate all of them. And uh, my, because my, I did my first field work in the in the same region in 1998, 
I had chance to compare contrast kind of situation because I knew how they used to do things. And there are very old local villagers in there, like over 80 years old. They have memories and they shared a lot of information. And some of them, they even demonstrated, we filmed them. And uh, there is a, a specific musical form and they dance along with it uh, called Kemane Havası in Domanic. Uh, it is completely gone, for example, but some of them still remember. But it was there 20 years ago? Yes, maybe 30 years ago. Okay. And there is a specific uh, instrument called Kemane, they say, but it's a violin, but played on the lap. Not the, the you know, like a traditional way of playing violin. They play violin on the lap, but it, for that region, seeing violin is impossible, miracle. But all villagers are saying, oh, this is, it was one of our key instruments. And I have videos and, you know, uh, they, some of them knew how to dance along with it. It's, it is so it's fascinating that how things are vanishing because the older people are not, you know, transferring their skills to the youngers because there, there is no interest of, you know, any younger people's towards that tradition. When you know this kind of things, you start wondering why young people are not interested. There are some, you know, like, uh, usually male dancers of that region, if we specifically talk about that region, uh, are very popular because they are, um, they are set outside, you know, like in the big gardens. Usually men gather outside area because they have more freedom. Uh, but usually women are gathering inside, you know, like because there is a segregation. And they usually get, um, they play music in, in their houses, whichever size they, their houses are. And that affects, in time, that affects the form of the uh, demonstrations. You know, how they sing is also, is also you know, like um, limited by that. There is a limit, limitation, so we talk about gender issues uh, as always. In gender, when you look at the uh, musical, cultural expressions from the gender perspective, you can see all the codes, you know, like attributed roles to the, you know, the group of people in, in the society. And uh, when we analyze, you know, after documentation of the uh, practices, uh, musical pieces and the dance forms, uh, and you, you could see this gender approach in every uh, performances. It was so obvious. Maybe it is too cliche for us to say like women dances are very simplistic way, you know, like men are very complicated, big movements. But it is true. It is actually the, the reason women are not uh, extending their arms very widely is because they are shy to move independently. The reason they are not doing any hopping moments because they are shy to hop, you know, like a very limited, very uh, small steps and uh, like a one-to-one -one kind of linings. But then when you look at, you know, like a big circus, there is a fire in the middle, you know, like uh, from 30 to 100 people are in the garden. And the moments are unbelievable, they are beautiful, you know, so beautiful, beautifully choreographed that still sustain, you know, I didn't need to try to sustain the male dancers because they were beautiful and because it's so repetitive, every weddings, every like uh, military ceremonies we have in Turkey, they get together and they perform. Uh, females watch them all the time, you know, women usually watch from the garden when male people are, you know, like when men are performing, they learned. And very young girls knows how to, including me, 
knows how to dance male dances. So that cause, you know, like sustainability of male dances were okay <laughs> because we always watch them outside. You always happen to see them. But, you know, women dances are vanishing because you, nobody can see them. They just entertain, you know, with each other. So that kind of things are different from region to region. I can't say it is, very, it is going to be varied in the North Asian side of Turkey, like we call Black Sea, or Southeast. It, you know, we have different national backgrounds, groups living in there. So gender is always there. When we come to the Urfa region, there is also gender issue, gender discrimination, and it is the part of the disappearing of the, especially female practices. But it is different. You know, uh, in which way different? Uh, because in the population is also different. And regional difficulties, obstacles also different. Religious thoughts also different. You know, uh, but uh, in my model, the, I, what I want to point out, if we want to sus try to sustain any culture, we should think about the holistically. You know, we, we can't just uh, go to the region. I mean, you can, of course, you know, as an ethnomusicologist, everybody can uh, choose their work area. But what I want to propose was, you know, uh, the, uh, the stakeholders are different. And if we aim to reach one of the, or a couple of them, we will get uh, more, you know, into the, what we are really want to do. The one of them is like public entities, you know, like uh, it is really, uh, it's a long way solution to establish a music educational curriculum, you know, like including music courses, music and dance, if it is possible, uh, preferably from me, uh, music and dance courses or folklore studies in the curriculum. So what you do to reach out to Minister of National Education. So I look at the different ministry, ministries in our government, because each ministry role has some kind of sub-unit uh, underneath that, in, that have a, a tremendous amount of contribution in terms of ec economically or social responsible projects. You know, it's, it's a direct effect into the culture. But just on this point, do you think state institutions are important in terms of the sustainability of, of intangible heritage. I think for a long-term solutions, uh, the the education is the is the most important one, because we are always talking that our younger age, uh, generations are losing, you know, the heritage, uh, how can I say, background and uh, memories. Uh, for the especially if we are talking about early education system, this is the best way to reach out, you know, to give our cultural values because values are very important to every society. We look at the curriculums, but in Turkey, I don't, I don't have much uh, knowledge about European education system. I'm familiar with, but in Turkey, uh, we have music courses. Uh, and the dance courses are like, not obligatory. Music courses was obligatory. Uh, but music courses, they, they are based on the Western music education. Like two hours for a week kind of music education is like uh, every, like, primary school five years, three, three, you know, it's going, it used to be like four, four. But later on, some governmental people, politicians and educators offered to include folklore uh, courses into the you know, obligatory uh, music education, which uh, was very fruitful because it included 
the games like uh, all traditional uh, children games and uh, the epic history of the uh, of Turkey the literature the tales you know like music folk music folk music composers you know all the more traditional makam and lately the government of Turkey the Republic of Turkey decided to include Turkish makam music for example Uh, which which is completely new step from the government because uh, makam music has been taught as a very very complicated musical form it's very hard to get but what we we never uh, included in our music education before uh, i think this is a very positive thing because uh, i think in in uh, as long as i know in europe folk music is not the part, cannot be the part of education system folk music folk dances this kind of things but it is usually given you know uh, associational area like uh, uh, informal settings but in turkey because of the new direction of the cultural policies tending you know leaning on to to value our own cultural stuff and to be known widely in the world you know like our uh, president's message is very very uh, clear about that you know if one who is very good at their own traditional values will reach whole world if you use the right tools mm. so it, it i think the the new atmosphere of turkish culture uh, cultural policy is going through that channel uh, at the moment and when we look at the, the higher education system we have different settings conservatories edu- uh, faculty of education has music training music teacher training uh, programs uh, but every music school every conservatory turkish music uh, state conservatory or music conservatories are different than each other i think uh, governmental decisions are very imp- important to reach more people because uh, whichever region you are in turkey or in everywhere in different countries you reach more people through the educational channels from like the year, years of 3 to years of you know the 17 it's a very important and the communities that you work with could you tell us a bit about them how are they involved uh, with you in terms of documenting some of the intangible cultural heritage that you work on how do you involve them in your work day to day basis do you have workshops do you go to their houses could you tell us a bit about the processes of documenting the simple um, if you if you have um, a little bit knowledge about that community Uh, and uh, in the place they live in i what i did was i tried to i, I was living in there first and i um, i began to visit neighbors through the friends you know like a uh, distant friends uh, because i was living there i i had to do my shopping like kitchen shopping and that involved me to go their market open markets every tuesday and i that helped me a lot because when you go to the little villages open market you see each other a lot and you happen to chat a lot and uh, it was the custom in that region and they see you hi old jai how are you what are you doing and you know why don't you come for a drink why don't you come for a coffee or tea and uh, it's a very very uh, food eating uh, oriented society as you can imagine and they are lovely they they are very hospitable they share a lot and because i knew this before uh, the like what we call in turkey is like um gün we call it in turkish gün yapmak it means like a day 
among women, like non, like let's get te- together on that day, but we call it the day. Many places will know this as chai. Chai means tea. Like chaya, why don't you come for a tea? But if you call it like uh, we will do a chai day, it means that friends will get together and we will share our, you know, like pastries that day and we will chat over it. And these kind of settings, the house gatherings, I call I I try to uh, motivate more women to do this because uh, in this kind of um, chatting environment, we began to exchange knowledge in our musical uh, practices. So I, I began to ask, you know, how, how was the, that kind of... I couldn't remember the lyrics, can you repeat it? You know, the ones who are skillful, they just want to say it anyway. So they began to sing them because they are using the kitchen tools as percussion instruments. They Some of them brought their the, the heaviest copper pans from the kitchen and they began to play and I, you know, accompanied them. So that, that kind of created a nice musical dance uh, atmosphere in our days, you know, like in those tea gatherings. It was the first, first step we started. Like once in a week we uh, organized like house gatherings to entertain. Some of the, in some uh, friends, in, uh, friend groups that, that involved them to pray, they were starting the day with praying sessions. Then the foods, like their traditional mantra and all the other traditional lovely foods were setting up on the floor. Everybody was sitting on the floor and we, we were eating first. Then after we, we finished, why don't you, you know, ah, oh, did you have that kind of uh, costume you used to have before? Why don't you wear it? And they also put me some, you know, <laughs> scarves and nice uh, traditional stuff. So we have very nice bond between us. Then after that, because I also realized that many villagers are watching Vision Turk TV channel. There's a specific TV channel they were, um, they were watching. They were very fond of it. I hadn't seen it before. Then I learned that TV program is being broadcasted from Istanbul. And because you know I'm based in Istanbul, I found the TV programmer and asked if we can uh, film a program based on Domanic. And then I had to promise some villagers to come to Istanbul, you know, to demonstrate their skills. So the first organization was very tough for me because, you know, like elder women are very, they don't want to sing, basically. And they don't want to dance, they don't want to sing. So younger generations, some of them are very modern minded and they live outside of Dominic, so they, they were invited. The ones who are, you know, willingful to contribute to program, they came. Municipality of Domenici was very, very supportive. He sponsored the transportations from Domenici to Istanbul. The local musicians, Mehmet and uh, Osman Abi, they were also, they were always leaders and, you know, helper of the project. So we did TV programs. The first one was very challenging. Then, because the other villagers saw the, their neighbors on TV, many people volunteered for the second one because they were very happy to see each other on, on TV. <laughs> they, they began to like, I know this, you know, I can show this. So this, it was a TV program project. So we, we run, I, I developed five or six different projects. It was for me like, a, after I developed model, it was like a checkpoint, you know, if it works or not, because we are applying this by involving many stakeholders 
that I am showing on the map. So the local administrations were in it, the local villagers were in it. I mean, of course, you can't involve more international, the media, private sector. There wasn't any non-NGO in, in the region. We couldn't involve any NGO. But, you know, we tried to involve as many as possible. Then we did a studio recording, music accompanied music studio recording that, that was held in Istanbul ACM Studios. The third one, the fourth one, um, I thought maybe uh, what will happen after I leave the field. Then I come up with the idea establishing an association. It's called Kayıboyu Domenic Kültür Sanat Association. So I prepared the regulations based on the UNESCO Safeguarding Intangible Culture Conventions. You know, like we set up and uh, kind of mod modified the articles uh, according to the region's, you know, properties. Try to involve as many women as possible. And that association is still alive. I mean, it's still very active. What else we did? Huh? We did workshops. I mean, workshops in Dominic, they were always there, but uh, I was interested in if our Istanbul Technical University students would be interested in learning some authentic, you know, like Dominic traditional dances. We six uh, local villagers came to Istanbul, uh, again with the, with the support of uh, Dominic, uh, you know, mayor. The folk dance department students met with them. But the local villagers didn't know how to teach. I mean, we had some difficulties during the process first. And they, the, our students found the steps very complicated. You know, it took like two hours for us to get into the, you know, the, the split. Uh, but it was very successful. Then I think another project was the 29th of April every year it has been celebrated as a World Dance Day. And Istanbul and big universities or there are big festivals in Istanbul. We, there are so many big state shows going on. And Istanbul Technical University, Turkish Music State Conservatory has a nice hall. Then I offered to bring the, the elder male dancers and the female dancers to demonstrate hall dances and musicians as well. So uh, we had a successful dance night that night. It was the last project. So there are so many, it depends on the researcher actually, so uh, how active you want to be and the conditions, you know. It, it, all these projects were done without any kind of grants, you know, like I didn't have any support. I did just by myself. This kind of uh, field works should, should be run without any help because I had such a difficulties. Because now I am thinking, if I had better tools to re for my recordings, uh, they, they would be safeguarded betterly. <laughs> First, I think I should start safeguarding my own documents. On that note, going forward, how do you see the work you've done at the School of Oriental and African Studies helping you? Has it equipped you or have facilitated opportunities that you could use for your own work? Um, and what are your future activities in Turkey? I applied this scholar, I mean the grants, to reach out more, di uh, more information about, you know, uh, the similar kind of projects done in the world, scientifically or practically, whichever way, or talking, meeting with people who has uh, such an experience in this field, like anthropologists, ethnomusicologists, historians and archaeologists. When I started to go to SOAS, first of course I used the libraries and they have nice databases in like online databases uh, from different journals. I reached, I could read some information, uh, not specifically about Urfa because Urfa is a very specific subject. 
subject, you know, as a city. You can reach historical, you know, information about Urfa. But what we are working on is very applied ethnomusicology or ethnomusicological study. And uh, the musical practices of that region is not known by many international academia. And these journals are in English? In English. I mean, the, the Turkish ones I could reach anyway, I mean... I read all of them before anyway. But the English one, I mean, if we are targeting to find different examples of the, the same kind of field works, the same kind of aim, uh, you look at, you know, like a Afghan study or, you know, the, the, the ethnomusicologists like John Bailey's did tremendous works in the past, like everybody knows, uh, in Afghanistan. Uh, how did they set up the school in there? How did they record the traditional musics and how did they approach the young people the, these are important for me and the, the the difference between studying from Turkey to from Turkey uh, is that I think I, I had more opportunity to read more usually more online databases I also went to British Library a lot and I met with other colleagues uh, what I want to say I would like to thank BIA office a lot Taina Farad British I, Institute Ankara uh, British not Ankara it's based in London um, right from the beginning of my research or my journey in London the archaeologist Shaina Farad has been very helpful and she introduced me with many valuable colleagues uh, around Uh, London, you know, whoever she thinks it is related to my study area. My academic consultant was Rachel Harris from SOAS. She also facilitated many different conferences, you know, like she involved me in different conferences. I, I was very busy in, in terms of that, you know, listening different case studies from different universities. My work about Urfa, thank you very much for, to UCL and for Nahrein Network to you as well, Mahia, for thinking such an important outreach, you know, like a project to reach out uh, scholars who doesn't have many tools, many opportunities to conduct their studies, even if it is for a short time or a long time. It has a great ef uh, effect on it. Thank I you. hope I will continue my study in Urfa or in Antioch. I am sure I will continue with different approaches. I think what uh, the most importantly, the outcome of the two months uh, researches, creating future projects with different colleagues. And we made such plans that, you know, our colleagues from London will come to visit in Antioch, you know, come to Antioch and, and help us to develop different musical programs or seminars. You know, we will continue our academical activities in the future. On that note, thank you very much, Dr. O.J. Muslu Gardner, Assistant Professor at Hatay Mustafa Kemal University and co-founder of the Antioch State Conservatory. Thank you very much. Thank you very much.